Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the Gym Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Stone. Over there is John Fairbanks. How are you doing, John? I'm doing excellent. We were talking with one of the gym owners in our Gear Academy. Uh, if you want to in the Gear Academy, by the way, quick plug, get in it, message us. Uh, gym owners is our ongoing coaching group we do where we help you with your business seven days a week. Uh, we're constantly working on week to week, month to month, year to year, making sure you're actually implementing these ideas instead of hearing them and going, I'd like to do that. And then pursuing one of them, you know, partially, and then wondering why some of this what, why your business sits in the same position now as it was a year ago or two years ago. Um, and I will tell you this, if your business is a little better now than it was in 2020, you might as well still be in the same fucking place because 2020 was a downturn. We need you guys to be making progress every month, every quarter, every year. We got to be making improvements because a business that is not growing is failing. So we were talking with one of our gym owners. Uh, let's real quick. Go to Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram. Go to Gym Owners Revolution Facebook group. That link is in our description. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Tyler F. And Stone. That's Tyler E-F-F-I-N Stone. And John? You can follow me on Instagram at jbanks. Let's get to it. So we were talking. I got to plug in my light here. It's going to get dark real fast. Plug in your light, Tyler. Right. We were talking yesterday to one of our Gear Academy coaches, gym owners, and trying to get like a sense for the ratio of people that are in group classes, in 24-hour just gym access, and, and in uh, private personal training. This gym does not have any semi-private uh, personal training implemented yet either. Um, but we'll get outside into that. Of, outside outside of their specialty class that they have. Um, but we started looking through, and so this is a gym that's 24 hour, 24 hour access, as well as a couple of different specialty group classes, like a one functional fitness program, and then a weightlifting program. And we're talking three total personal trainers. Yeah. Four, if you and, count the owner who does some. And somebody just was like a new hire recently as well. One of them is a brand new hire. Yeah. So now, so we start going through, we want to figure out like, you know, a few numbers. We said, how many of your people do you totally, do you have it as a whole? And I think they were around, around 300 or something like that total. Mm -hmm. And when we started getting to it, it was like one out of every three people in this gym, that's a, essentially a 24 hour gym, one out of every three is paying money for a coach product, either personal training or for the extra access for group fitness, which is pretty goddamn impressive, John, for a 24-hour model. And I, think that that's, and I think that that's, one, is a testament to just making sure that like the actual service, because we talk about this all the time, the highest chance of success that someone is going to have when they're coming into your gym as a client is to be in a coached product where they're accountable to somebody. They have a little bit of guidance in the gym. So they're not just wandering aimlessly. That includes maybe nutrition coaching or some sort of sense of community to belong in that gives someone a better chance to succeed. Just coming in off the street. Pretty, I think objectively. It, it makes it too where you're, if you're going to try and compare their spot with another 24 seven model that's in the area, they're completely incomparable. Because yeah. the mo major like one out of three, right? So almost the majority of every person in there is not there because they have equipment, right? right? They're very, they're there for a very specific reason to work with a very specific coach. They have a coach opposed to, well, you know, they have like ellipticals and I like that. Well, and this, so less than 30% of the members um, account for more than 80% of the revenue, basically. 
which kind of follows in that 80 20 rule. Yeah. But a lot of, a lot of gyms are not optimized for that. A lot of gyms, are not, even, even one, this is a thing. When I hear gyms that say, Oh, we are, we're struggling selling personal, personal training. It's no, 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 you're, you're not trying to sell personal training. For That's sure. the fucking difference. And so when we start looking at this, the, the point, the takeaway for you guys from this episode is you can start to see some things based on the distribution and some of these ratios. You can start to see how it falls and you can start to troubleshoot where your real opportunity is lie, right? Where it really, some of it may require more staffing or some of it may require a little bit more effort on your part. But the fact is, if you're a 24 hour gym and your model is, or, or not even 24 hour, let's just say an access only gym, right? And you do some personal training. I want you to see what is possible with effort. If every person is brought in and is just talked to, given the option, you want to start with just gym access, personal training, group classes, just let them choose. Go through the sales process as we have described on this a fucking thousand times on this podcast. Or work with us in the Gear Academy and we can help you put it together. It's custom for your gym. But that everybody running through that consistent sales process gives everybody a chance to like, settle into their desired product that's going to give them what they think is the best chance of success and gives you the best chance to make them successful while having the highest potential earnings out of that client out of every person that comes in if you're still trying to sell gym memberships and you're worried about getting told yes or no you're completely fucking up i don't understand like oh they maybe they don't want to join okay okay, okay. Well, but why I, are they there like they fucking walk through the door in reason. So what it means is you right. just showed them your equipment or told them how smart you are. And it just didn't fucking work. And, right. and instead, if you make it about them and in this process, it lays out now, what does this say for us, John, when we look at this one, I would describe this as a very successful gym. I would describe this, their sales process and their model is a very successful one because it's for successful for the coaches earnings. It's successful for the business. Absolutely. Cause imagine that if those people are all in a regular 24 hour product, instead of buying a coach product, there oh. goes fucking 80% of your money, right? That's gone. That's 80% of your money is gone because of this. And now you can reverse engineer that guys and understand if you're sitting in a situation where you do not have that many people in your, in an actual coach product, or if you're doing group classes and you don't have many people in a personal training product, in a premium product, that's the segment you want to try to fill. Yeah. That's where your effort should lie. That means fixing your sales. It doesn't mean just offering up another product or charging more money. It's, it's gotta be beginning to end from your marketing to your social media, to your outreach, to your sales products, to your referrals, what your, what your asks are, your offers, all of it from beginning to end needs to start to align with this, this new pathway that people should all be walking through and can have a choice along the way. And if we're trying to reverse engineer this, when I look at this now and I see this gym's numbers, it's tempting. And I still think it might be the right move to go, well, geez, we need to fill more people into that 24, <laughs> into that 24 hour membership. And not because by the way, we want to be doing more low value business, but because right now, John, they don't have enough coaches. So that all their coaches are full, which means you always need to be high pushing this, this staffing solution constantly. That needs to be a problem that you need to be working on. Um, but your pool of people is going to be like your potential upsells is going to be coming out of this. It's like growing your email list, right? So if you're doing a great job selling personal training and you do have an easy um, 
what's the word low fulfillment cost for you too with labor and effort um like a 24-hour membership getting more people in there is more people who are closer to your business who are warmer and who are maybe more likely to pull the trigger who at least you have them in your email list who at least you see every day people you can sell supplements to people you can offer nutrition coaching people whose trust you can earn a little bit easier when they're inside your building than if they're just some other person in town. You've, you've hit on so many different, different uh, points on this and like back to like where the, the revenue piece in this model, again, if you're listening to this and you have anything that's even remotely close, right? Whether you're an access gym, whether you have personal training, think about the revenue difference here, Todd, because I did the math really quick when you were talking, it was if they didn't do personal training, like the way that they do, the way they have it established on the coach product side in this gym, they would lose 20 grand a month. Yeah. So I want you to think about it. Like you think about what these numbers are for you as you think about like when we said it's, they have 300 total members and they would lose 20 grand. So like if you're just, so those of you that have maybe more people than that 300 members in an access type spot and you're just not making the revenue that you'd want to make. I mean, they would, they would literally be making, they're making less than half if they, of what they're currently making, if they just were sticking with an access model only. Yeah. And yet, because they move to that with those personal trainers and the value that those personal trainers have, it's, it's 10, you know I mean? Like yeah. between, between six to $10,000 per trainer is that overall value for these individuals. And I think like you were saying is diversifying those trainers as well. Like as you look to hire, if you're going to hire out more people, having a diversity of what those trainers are, who they represent, who they attract, that's where you do just by default have the ability to track people at that lower level. Because these folks that we're talking about specifically in this example, they haven't maxed out their total membership yet. No. So that's no. oftentimes where we see a lot of people will be like based off your square footage and based off of the popular times that people come in, especially for access spots, you can have a ridiculous number of people that are on your total list of membership, but you have no clear path to move them from a, like you said, a captive pool, captive audience to then say, Hey, we have these coached opportunities just because you never talked about it. Well, you made it all about the price. You just yeah. made it about, oh, well, it's, it's 40, 40 bucks a month or 39 plus a $12 key fob fee or whatever. Yeah. Like it's, that's what you did. That's what it was all about. You never even talked about anything else. And you're literally, I mean, just, it's, 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 the money is silly. So the money being left on the table, right? If, and by the way, we, John and I were just going through kind of how we would launch if we were to launch this, you know, a uh, hybrid as we, as we start to communicate with um investors and other opportunities as we pursue some different markets for us to maybe open some physical locations um with our business model is we go through in this and phase one because it's easy and does not not easy but phase one doesn't require a bunch of uh coaching training not a lot of human resources it can kind of almost all be on the built built on the back of one or two people with some decision making power and sales is that first phase is going to kind of be your gym access model right if we get, you get equipment in you get the place equipped you get supplement sales set up and you get a manager who's in doing sales who's just closing new sales constantly right that's probably how I would start the business anyways. And if, by the way, if you're a CrossFit gym or functional fitness space where you do mostly group classes, that's the base. That's your basis exactly. as well, right? You're going to get in, you're going to do that. Your main con consistently operating product, you're going to get that up and running. Perfect. 
But from there, most gyms we see, they get into, we're going to do this one thing, right? And, I, and I'm fine with it. Your, your orange theories, your F4 or five, your cycling studios, like that's great, but it doesn't occupy enough space in a client, in the client's lifetime fitness journey to where someone comes in and they do soul cycle for a little bit of time. And then that becomes a thing that they did one time in their life for a little bit. Like it's just very rarely is that somebody's form of exercise is that their centerpiece of their fitness and you want your gym or maybe you don't but we want our gyms to be like that so pivoting from your main product to then starting to bring in humans and this doesn't by the way this doesn't mean you got to manage a bunch of salaries or anything like this these are coaches that are getting paid essentially commission based on the time that they're coaching right these are personal trainers that come in so it's not like i'm sitting there going oh shit how do i gotta float $50,000 $50,000 a year to bring this person in. It's really not the way this is going to work. So all you got to do, get in, get operating, get people in your pool. This is, again, your your base membership, whatever that is. It's not a bad thing that people end up in it. We always kind of shit on it, right? That like, if people are only buying your base membership, maybe your marketing's bad, maybe you're tracking the wrong people or your sales process is incomplete or simply you don't offer anything up above that ladder. But I think it's important to know that that base membership is still the ripest opportunities that you're going to have to get people to reinvest in their commitment, to recommit, or to simply uh, commit even further into a nutrition program, personal training, joining some semi-private stuff or specialty programs. But let's parse that out for a second. The reason we shit on you and shit on people that, that only have that base membership is because when we look at it, you have over a hundred members in your spot and 30 of them aren't doing fucking anything else. Yeah, Like it's, they're all just doing your base shit. And, and what you've done is you've made the mistake of having every fucking member in your gym, just get access to everything. So nothing yeah. is customized or unique or prescriptive of where they want to go. So when you give it, it, when you give somebody everything, you've just given them nothing. You, you've given well, them nothing unique. Almost every client that I work with, and I don't have a ton of availability for personal training, but I don't think anyone works with me at any frequency for less than six, $700 a month. You know what I mean? So like, I don't, that's what I'm saying for those of you that are like struggling with getting told yes or no in your sales opportunities for trying to sell $100 memberships, $150 memberships, $60 memberships. You're just having the wrong fucking conversations too much. That's the problem. Yeah. You're having low value conversations with low value clients and it's fine. There's a place for it. That is where your base membership sits. But if the conversation isn't about like, Hey, here's, here's the thing we we can really do. And they go, Oh, that would be great. I can't afford it. Then that's fine. But most of y'all ain't having those conversations. So you want to have a bunch of 50, 60 or a hundred dollar conversations. And you're wondering why you're getting nickel and you know, why you're pulling nickels and dimes at the end of every month. It just doesn't work. So to identify in your model, like John and I said, is, your basic, your basis, your base is the reason you got into this business. Usually is. It really is. Right? When I started my CrossFit gym, we're going to do CrossFit classes. Personal training was an afterthought. Oh, it was something sure. that we kind of maybe got asked to do a little bit of, right? And I was too busy to do it. So my business partner handled most of that. The other coach handled most of that. But I wasn't going to, I didn't have the time to do it. Yeah. And nor were we ready to seek hiring other coaches or bring anybody on. But in hindsight, that's the, that's the time. Like that is exactly when to do it. When you're like, shit, I most, most of you guys, if we do the math, if you're selling a 
you know, just base memberships right now. What would it take? How many new members would it take for you to have a, to lead a significantly different life than you leave right now, than you lead right now financially? If you, you ten, what is 10 new people coming in this week really do for you? Not a lot. $400. It's, not, it's just, it's not a lot. And, and in the end, but factoring in the cost of doing business, how much of that money makes it, makes its way to you. It's, it's not that much. So you need to find a way to start 10 xing the deals that you're going to be doing. At least you have somebody give somebody the opportunity to spend 10 times the money that they normally would. And you'd be real surprised if you build some real value in how much, how effective that is one in getting you more revenue two, attracting a high value type of client and three, getting people results. Cause that level of buy-in is true commitment. Okay. The person that comes to me and says, Oh, I just want to throw the least amount of money at this problem as possible. And then just go kind of stand in your gym. That person is not going to have very much success compared to the person that pays $1,500, $2,000 in a month. And I don't want, if you're listening, I don't want you to shrug off. It, when you said, Tyler, you said 10X, which is so catchy and is so hip these yeah. days with the kids. But it's always hyperbolic bullshit. But what's crazy yeah. about this particular statistic, <laughs> this particular statistic. It literally is 10x. This is what's crazy. Like if on average, some of these gyms, you're going to have a $40 membership. And with 10 people, if you get 10 new people to come into your gym, it's $400, right? Math. Got it. Yeah. But 10 people we just saw with a gym that is super similar to this exact model that we rolled out that personal training piece. And with 10 people, they hit $4,000. Yeah. With 10 new so people. With 10 new people. So it was yep. literally, it's literally 10X. And so that's, it is not hyperbolic. It just is, oh, there's a different way to play that game. And the best part was they all came in for personal training. They didn't yep. come in and we had to convince them that they needed to pay more because the goals that they had, if they just stopped paying for Netflix and if they just wouldn't eat out at a, a, a restaurant twice a week, that you somehow have to convince them. Like, I've been into those access spots where I've been in those offices talking to the owners and talking to the GMs. And they got whiteboards, right? They got whiteboards all mm -hmm. over the walls and like behind where you sit so they can easily see like behind you. So you're sitting facing them. And then they have these whiteboards on the back. And it says like, Netflix is bad. Restaurants. <laughs> Like it has all these little things that are written on the boards. So when they're on the phone or talking to you, they can remember to go through the sales script where it's just like, well, you know, if you want to lose 10 pounds, it's going to cost this much money. You know, it's not going to happen if you are fucking watching Paramount Plus or whatever. And it's like, no, 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 no. Guess what? You don't have to have any of those conversations. The people walk through yeah. the door. They want personal training. They're there to get a specific result. It's all about client success and like fucking magic. They just pay you. And now, because there's a high labor fulfillment on some of these things, right? For sure. This, is, this isn't, yeah, you can get 10 people into your 24-hour gym or funnel 10 new members into whatever the litany of classes you have throughout the course of the week. It may not have a terrible impact on your fulfillment. It's not that you don't got to have new staff. You don't got to ask. No coaches are working any longer, right? Because you're dealing with, usually in group fitness or your 24-hour model, you're dealing with a fixed labor component. It's fixed. It's the same across the board. So yes, continue to fill it. It's wonderful. But adding more pieces to that, it's not infinitely scalable. So you're just going to keep filling it to the point where it'll have some impact on you financially. But that's not the end game here. 
And that's the thing I just, I think people miss out on this is like, if that's not where the, that's not where this train stops. Okay. So if we're to go in and launch one of our gyms, right. For the sake of implementing, implementing, <laughs> implementing all the backend systems and getting a manager brought on board and somebody operating all the sales and, and the day-to-day -day operations going well and answering questions and selling supplements, all that can be built on a fixed labor component for us for the most part, right? On mm -hmm. a manager, maybe assistant manager, um, but no coaching, right? This really isn't that big of a deal, but we do have to start to eye expanding your labor, your labor pool. And this, the nice thing is, is you're not floating any of it at any, for any amount of time, right? You're finding a decent trainer and then you are going to start paying them when you put clients in front of them. And that works really, 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 really well. And so if you're sitting in this spot right now and you go, geez, I, I'd love to sell more personal training. I can't sell any personal training. I don't know. Or people aren't buying it. There's a lot of pieces. Most likely you're not talking about enough on your social media. Um, most likely you're not hitting up your email list, your existing membership about it consistently enough. Um, also, maybe you don't have a coach in place. That's part of it. It's like you're, you're dragging your feet on that issue. And therefore all the other pieces you're holding, you're holding onto the brakes a little bit. And, and for the most part, when I hear gyms that are saying, oh, we don't really sell, we're having a hard time selling personal training. If you can't sell private personal training, you're not trying. You're just, you're not trying, or you're so objectively bad at coaching people that they know right away that they just don't want to spend time with you, which is why you need to get another person there. It's okay to be a gym. You're bad at this coach, dude, and not be a coach. That's oh. fine. Well, some of the best be coaches I know are some of the absolute fucking worst gym owners on the face of the earth. They're terrible. Their marketing sucks. They're up, up their own ass about coaching philosophy all the time. It's off putting. They're like, creating arguments about like fitness specifics that no average, no average client or potential client gives a shit about creating all these weird behind the scenes, fitness, drawing lines in the sand and some silly fitness battleground shit. It's all dumb. And they make for terrible gym owners that don't make very much fucking money. So I understand if you are a gym owner, I want to be a good gym owner and that maybe coaching people one-on-one -on -one, or maybe you're a group, great group fitness coach and coaching people one-on-one -on -one is just socially a dynamic that you're not that interested in. If you're great. the best, get out of the fucking way. And, and if you're the best coach, it's like being the smartest person in the room. Like you're not supposed, that's not supposed to be it. You guys like it's supposed to be, if you really want something to be great, fucking Surround yourself with people that are better than you. I promise if you're going to get somebody that's coming in and you get put them in a position to be successful, you should have some coaches that are, can fucking run circles around you in their specialties. Yeah. And very often what we see is we'll see a, a gym owner who starts out as coach and they bring in new staff and it's, oh, well, they got to learn how to do things my way. It's like, no, you fucking idiot. They need to find their way so they can sell their people because they are the ones standing next to people all the time. Now nah, you don't want them hurting people or trying to fuck all your clients or whatever other stuff goes on. But like those are boundaries that you can set via the terms of employment here. This isn't that fucking hard. And I just it's very frustrating to me when I see people say they can't sell personal training when I know it's an effort thing or I know it's simply that, by the way, as a gym owner, you know, you like fuck, I don't want to be coaching more i don't need more on the floor hours then you need to start find a part-time person with a bit of a passion for fitness who'd like to coach one person 
and you put one person in front of them. And by the way, maybe this maybe this coach only has a few hours a week available, and they like to. But that's some good extra money for them. You you sell it for them until they learn to sell themselves. Then you bring on another person. Your job is to pair the right people with the right professional. And you're not always going to be able to facilitate a lifetime professional career, but when you start actually trying, and you start actually producing some decent revenue from these products, you can. And that's the real difference because I see, John, I see fucking personal training on a daily basis that I fucking hate. Like I'm in it. I'm next to it. And I like you hear a point where I almost have I I hear it. I hear literally (laughs) the opposite of how you should do an exercise being told to someone. And I'm I'm a big advocate for there's no right or wrong. There's just like, here's what I want done out of this now. I do many different things, many different ways. But you know there's some things that aren't it. If you're doing farmer's carries, the solution is not to shrug your shoulders to your ears and squeeze your shoulder blades together behind your back. That sucks. That's taught by a person who doesn't know how to do that exercise and doesn't want you to get strong or care or whatever. They're just saying things about it, which is fine. But it makes me crazy if I got to sit there next to it while one of my clients is going, is that right? I'm like, no, just just, just fucking ignore it. No, that's not how you're going to do that. Just <laughs> just don't. Just be glad your dad hired me. <laughs> you know, that's how, <laughs> that's how I went through it. But the truth is this, is that bad coaching comes from bad coaches. And bad coaches are usually people who aren't devoting their lives to being good coaches. But you don't even have a pathway to get a decent coach if you don't hire any. Or if you're only going to maybe get people in a couple hours a week. If you really push, I want you to fix this fucking ratio within your business. It's the centerpiece for this. That ratio. How many people are paying for a coach product? And again, if you're group fitness, personal training is what I described as that leveled up coach product. Then, right? If you're group fitness, that's your base membership. But what percentage of people are paying for that upper level of service, that highest service level you offer. Maybe not your highest, most expensive package or product, but the highest level of specific service that you offer. What percentage of people are in it? John, most gyms, if you're doing 10%, I'd be surprised. 10% of your revenue? 10% of your people. Oh, I would agree with that. And in most 24-hour gyms, often it's shit. It might be three, two to 5%, maybe, you know, you get into 10%, then we can start talking numbers and frequency. And, 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 but I truly believe that if you can get one out of every five people participating in some sort of group or group, some sort of coach product, that's 20% of your people that have a way higher chance of being successful in what they're there to do. They're going to have more fun. That also means they're connecting to a human every time they show up to the gym, which means accountability, community. Uh, Those people also then talk about that person and that group. Attrition is better. Um, The average length of their relationship with your business is going to be longer. It's and, and, And fundamentally, they're paying you way more goddamn money every month. And it doesn't make any sense to continue to avoid the pursuit of that avenue. I don't, I don't understand why you would not try to push that piece forward. Tyler, do you know as a gym owner how you could fuck all this up? Let's Tell say me. you have personal trainers and you choose to not even pay them 50% of the work that they do for you. That is how you can fuck this up because you're going to have a hard time. There's two weird complaints that I've heard um, probably just over the last year or so. One, we can't find personal trainers. 
We can't find coaches. Okay. Get fucked. There is multiple little gyms <laughs> that Every I that we have worked with. Pretty fit person who's a fitness enthusiast would love to make an extra an extra. Th there, what are you, is, if a person needs a little extra money? Are they going to go work as a cashier at a gas station for fifteen bucks an hour, or can they hang out in the gym? There is right, or or can they go hang out in the gym and take home forty? But this like, is forty an hour. Right. Like, come on. But and, and it's you can't find it. It's in communities of thirty thousand people multiple times there are gyms that we work with that have to they turn on the ads like job ads not fucking facebook ads turn on actual job ads and they have to immediately turn it off within like two to three weeks because they have 50 or more resumes to go through that's how quickly you can get personal training resumes. So if you're not doing that right, then you're fucking that up. That, that should not be the problem. The other problem that's interesting is that they can't keep coaches. And this isn't the usual, somebody gets married, a girlfriend moves away, they go back to school. It's not that. You are losing your coaches to other professions or to other gyms. There's a gym in my community that's lost a coach a month for a year. A fucking year. And it doesn't take, it's not rocket science. As soon as you start digging in and you look into it, be like, why is everyone leaving? This doesn't make any sense. What it's like, yeah. well, you know, you can't, you only make like 40% of any of the business you do. And here. they don't like, charge enough to make that worth it either. That's the big thing. You don't have any say in what you charge. You don't, you're, you're really handcuffed to this relatively low wage. The truth about personal training too, people don't get this is the, the types of business consultants out there in the fitness world who are going to tell you to pay your coaches, you know, 15 bucks an hour for every hour they're on the floor. No matter what like, they do. That person has never fucking coached a person or spent a day coaching people because you can't, you just can't do that. I can't spend eight hours, eight coached hours. I can't do that. If I, if I, if I have five in a day, it's a lot for me. It's, it's, it's energy. It's a lot of, if a coach is good, they cannot be coaching eight straight hours or or four hours on, an hour off, and four. They it can't be doing that. You're lucky if you go two in a row, if you go back to back without having a break, right? It's so that's that type of business model is just it's predatory, and you wonder why you can't actually maintain or sustain some sort of like professional coaching staff. It's impossible at that. So you got to give them a bigger piece of the pie or you got to make the pie bigger. You figure out how you want to go about that. And ideally, I would love for coaches to be able to generate their own leads and to be able to be in the community and to market themselves. But can you facilitate that for them? Obviously, you're going to have to feed them clients one way or another, right? In the mm -hmm. beginning, someone comes in, what are you, what's your availability? I'll use my email list and my social media. Here's some assets you can give to a new coach. Here you go. Here's some your picture, your thing, whatever, you can post about yourself and your availability as well. Get Bring some people into the gym. You then can teach that coach the sales process as you go because eventually they can start to get sales commissions on top of their actually coaching, their coached hourly commissions. And now you can start building a goddamn professional who cares about other aspects of the business. There's a kid, there's a, I, will, I won't go too deep into the, no, fuck it, no one locally is listening to this thing. But there's someone who came in and was trying to talk about coaching, like maybe starting coaching at a spot where uh, Megan and I contract through. Yeah. And was like poking around and asking, like, well, how are you, how are we going to get, how, asking, how are we going to get clients? How am I, how am I going to get members? How am I going to get, get people to coach? And it's like, well, do you fucking know anybody? 
Does like does anybody trust you, or do I have to? Do we have to use the trust of this brand to completely bridge that gap? Which is possible if you're new, but if you're so confused as to how person who's a professional personal trainer doesn't need anybody else to market on their behalf, then you got a lot to learn because you should be good. People should talk about you and you should constantly be talking about what you do because you're a goddamn professional. The amount of people that are afraid to ask people to do business with them about the thing that they do business at is nuts. So if you're going to bring in a personal trainer, no, yes, there's going to be some handholding. Yes, you're going to have to put some people in front of them to get them started. And it's going to be a slow burn, right? I would never hire somebody off the street who and expect them to be full-time. I just couldn't. I said, this is going to start as a side gig, but a side gig where you're taking home 40 bucks an hour, 30, 40 bucks an hour on the side, one is way more worth your time. And also it's very easy then for you to cover that revenue gap in their life where it's like, okay, we start getting you more work. It's then easier for you to pull the plug on the other gig and shift over to full-time. But that is how it has to be unless you have people just beating down the door to coach this person. Fact is, I wouldn't hire anybody full time until I've seen them coach for a long time. Anyways, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give them that many client hours until I've seen them. There's, I just, I couldn't. Even if I had people begging to get started, I wouldn't come in and give somebody a full plate right away. That's too much trust that I'm asking from my membership base to deal with someone who I do not understand completely yet. It's got to be you give them enough rope to hang themselves with, and yeah. you very rarely would be burned in that type of scenario. Going back to the phases. So this is why for us, if we're building this out in our model and building it out literally in a brick and mortar through, through our own systems, that's why phase one, phase two, phase three, bringing in personal training and getting that process perfected is kind of, is phase four ish, right? Like it's, yeah. there's multiple phases ahead of that. And that's honestly the reason why we would be very confident in, in our system and in our business model of what we're preparing on our end is because this is how we, this is how we diagnose the gyms that we work with. Mm -hmm. You start looking at those phases. You start looking at what is it that you're trying to target? What is it you're trying to improve in your own spot? And then we say, great, what does this look like? Right. What does this look like before we even get to start talking about like the models? A lot of times we have gyms with different models that are coming to us yeah. and how we diagnose and look at those. The same as our one of our recent episodes talking about how all attrition is not created equal is that those models, the different gym models that are out there, they all dictate or require different attitudes through different things. And I think this is a mistake that I'm seeing from gyms and gym owners right now that are closing or appear from all tents and purposes look like they're going to close in the next year is if they are confused at what their model should be. You don't have enough square footage to be able to justify large group classes or group activities. You have a square footage that makes you a personal training facility. Yeah. Right. It's we're not talking about when we talk about Globo gym 24 seven, it's because it's, that's what we would do. And we have worked with gyms that have that access model. But if you don't have the square footage to support such a model, then you have to kind of change how you're priced, how you present, what you're presenting, what personal training, semi-private personal training looks like. Because if you only have enough space for fucking seven people to be able to be in a facility, we just, I mean, it's, and, I was talking to it. John, let's be real though, right? Why aren't you in a bigger space? To where you can run your group classes and say have two, three, four personal trainers operating at the same time. Why not? I couldn't. I couldn't fucking money. 
you know, for the fucking money. Okay. Right, I couldn't afford it. Well, let's, and this is always about maximizing the situation you're in right now, which is like, okay, well, do you have a system in place so that you can start to sell some personal training? Because right now these people are just hunkering down in the cave. They're just hibernating in this current status that they're in, which is when a building's not big enough. Okay. I don't know what to fucking tell you. You know what I mean? Like I just, I, there's, there's solutions to these problems and people so often just accept them as this is what they are. And maybe this is, you know, a symptom of being in a person who needs to control everything all the time. Maybe that's a, that's a flaw. But the fact of the matter is if like, if I don't like that part of the situation, isn't that on my list of things that I want to solve at some point, maybe not this year, maybe not this week, but at some point, if it's by the way, list. if your business model is, if you want it to be, I just want to coach. I want to coach. I'm going to coach my group classes. My one other person will coach a couple classes a day. And then, you know, I'll do some personal training. Great. There you go. They don't fucking complain to me about how you don't have any money. Or don't complain to me when your gym closes. Like at that point, you have chosen to be less successful. Great. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with having a nice, humble lifestyle where you, you, you work and you do a good service and you make an okay living. But is it enough? Don't complain to me that it's not enough if you're not actually trying to solve these problems. And that's where I get really, really, really frustrated is this, the acceptance, this constant acceptance of the status quo is fucking maddening. It's a problem with generally with the health and fitness of this country as a whole. And I see a lot of gym owners doing the same goddamn thing with their business. We're just going to, oh, shucks. Oh, sure. Yeah. People don't buy personal training. People just don't want to spend that kind of money. The people I ask about, they never spend. Great, you're asking the wrong people, or you're not offering. You're not. You're not offering that to enough people. And you, once you get started with that, you'll start to create momentum. And this is, is, you know, it's fucking frustrating, John. Um, but now this is, and also by the way, the global gym model. One of the things that I like with having a, you don't have to be huge, but having a access plus some coach products as your as your business model is you get to actually have the benefits of a larger scale as a whole without having to instantly deal with all the labor that's associated with it, right? If you're going to be a, a functional fitness gym and it's only coach stuff, and yeah. you, may, you really get the benefits of an email list that has thousands of people, you got to be open for a long time or you got to be very diligent in how you're doing it. So how are you going to market externally, internally even? You want to sell supplements? How less impactful is supplement sales, John, when you only have 100 people? Because you have a tiny little space. And then, then by the way, then the solution is maybe you can't get a bigger space. Then you need to get more revenue per square yeah. foot, which starts Correct. with, okay, then I need to start implementing semi-private semi personal training. Maybe I need to bring in a coach on these hours where maybe I'm not busy earlier, later, weekends. I don't fucking know. But figure out how to wring some more money out of this little spot that you got. Because adding supplement sales to a gym that's of a smaller scale, way less impactful. Way, using your email list is going to be way less impactful, right? You're just not going to get as many leads when you don't have that many people to choose from. It's So I think that the benefit is of scale. That, that for sure, it makes every move you make a little bit more impactful for your business. And I think that that's why, again, the, the models that John and I are trying to are putting together is, is exactly that, is I want a 24-hour model then we develop into having some functional fitness programs, maybe some other types of fitness programs in a larger space that's connected to it. Um, and then definitely absolutely private personal training and semi-private personal training. 
you expansion uh, hold. You gradually lead into more labor. So you need to decide as a gym owner, am I ready to take on more labor? And that's not more labor cost. It's not because the money will come in before that cost goes up. It's about labor management. Am I ready to manage that extra bit of labor? Am and, I ready to do the interviews and bring somebody in and do that? And make sure they're proper, like they're they're doing it properly, right? And that's also another element where for you and I, we've talked about this too, as we are building out our, our uh, metrics and models and things is one of the huge benefits if you are an access space that has leg extension and leg curl machines and shoulder press machines, machines, you get to lower the barrier of entry for any coach that comes in there. Yes. Like the John, risk of really good point. That's, that's a really good point that the functional fitness and CrossFit coaches got too far up their own ass about everything needing to involve barbells and freeze space, like, and just doing gripping and ripping bunches of shit with high intensity. If I got a coach who needs to get people work, it's really difficult for me to get a brand new coach. I got to onboard a lot of training kind of to get them to safely give somebody a, an effective workout in a room just full of barbells and squat racks and pull-up bars and bands and med balls. And like that's tough. It, it, that's that's now a lot to bring on to somebody. And yes, you can outsource some of that training. But man, someone wants to work chest. It's pretty tough to do the pec deck wrong. Right. Sit down and go. And then you can, you know, do a little bit. But know that these 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 higher risk exercises or the higher skill exercises now within your gym they're not the only thing that this, that this coach has to be teaching now. You kind of, I like, I like, I like machines because they're practical. Um, there's, they're not a lot of risk for injury necessarily, and they are just a crutch. So if I have a shoulder thing, I'm not, I mean, I've had a shoulder thing, John, it's been, you hear me complain about it every day. Okay. I'm yeah. not bench pressing. How do I stop my tits from falling off, John? Because I got to do something that I can find pain-free. So machines are great for that. Every coach wants to be the guy who's a wizard who can get somebody out of pain. And not a, great, dude, but like fucking labrum's torn and rotator cuffs shredded and I got ligament damage on my scapula. Like, okay, you're going to talk You're gonna talk me through that? No. Okay, so there's a surgical solution to that. In the meantime, what do I do? I do what doesn't hurt, and I need more options for things that don't hurt. And machines, I think, are great. If I have to bring somebody in, this is the thing I tell my wife all the time. It's like she, you start to run out of ideas when you're coaching, especially semi-private group stuff. And I'm like, yo, sure. strap these people to a machine each, have them alternate, and just kill them. Be like, yeah. let's go. We're doing 50. Like just, But you can get really good work, really safe, and it's fun. Not everybody today. wants to have to think about their hamstrings and their obliques and their ogogugas and their, you know, all the silly yeah. little muscles that you have to worry about. Just get them work. And yeah. you can have machines, that model, I think. That, by the way, that's the biggest benefit, I think. And I'm glad you brought that up. It's a lot easier to bring on a coach. And you can tell them that in the beginning. Hey, if you don't really know what to do, like, let's make sure they're doing some sort of heavy thing that they can do that's heavy. And the main thing is we get them work, we get them because, work. So the machines are wonderful for it. Because once you get these things into place, right, you have the systems in place, you have um, the structure, the sales system, right, of taking and presenting and giving options, giving choice to those people to be able to walk through those doors that's directly aligned with what they want to achieve on the client level and the client success level. Once all these things are in place, 
it's as simple as when we were talking with this coach, when we were diving deep into all these metrics, we've talked about like this example that we've been given these metrics the, all, the whole episode. He goes, we, you very plainly just say, well, it sounds like you guys just need to hire another personal trainer. Like you're ready for more staff. And he goes, yeah. He goes, at this point, every new trainer we add, it adds another $5,000 to our bottom line. Actually, I think it was almost seven. Yeah. And, he, and so it's like, so I guess if we add somebody else, then that just adds another seven for next month. And it's this like, is, and play that game, right? Yes. Like it's now, now that's a game. So that viewing those so aspects of your business as this now, if I add this, then this equals this. That's the whole point of this data. And that's the point where we talk about it's very important to have your sales structure in place, your offer stack in place, and your marketing strategy in place. Not just Facebook ads, but like when you bring in a new coach, guys, how are you going to fill their hours? It's in everybody's best interest that their hours get get booked right away, that they get trained, they get coaching. <laughs> they only got three hours a day available. Great. And then they want to phase it into a full-time gig at some point. Wonderful. But whatever they have available, whatever your starting thing is, get them moving. Get them paid. It gets you paid. It gets clients going with them. You start building new relationships within your business. Being able to fill those right away is key. Last coach they brought in was filled up almost completely right away. It was maybe a month or so. And then now it's like the availability is kind of very limited. We would describe him as at capacity for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, which the truth is, once that is the case, now, now that we know this, Right. And we've had this conversation um, and they had some other events and things like that going on in the last month or so. But once that's the case, the solution is absolutely we bring out more staff. Absolutely. Bring in another coach. Bring in another coach. You should always be trying to find another coach who fits your people. So to touch on another thing, the diverse backgrounds of your coach matters as well. Yeah. Right. So that we're, in a, we're talking about a spot that has all of their coaches right now are male. Jack uh, based dudes. on anything that is what it is but it was you know a weightlifting club and then another trainer who was like kind of the manager person there and then the owner um and then they brought in another guy who was a male well i can tell you this as a person who is a personal trainer a male personal trainer who has helped manage and done sales for female personal trainers as well um i think women are more inclined to hire personal trainers than men so I, that's what i've seen based on my experience my very very subjective experience um that i would absolutely it's, I, I coach female clients. Most of my clients are male. My wife, she coaches female clients, has maybe one or two clients in semi-private programs that are male, but the vast majority are female. So it's very, very, very easy to start to sell to a female who maybe wouldn't want to go coach, be coached by someone like me, right? Just seeing me, maybe knowing me the way, and they're like, ah, Tyler seems like a lot to deal with. And I get it, right? Um, but Megan has availability, like, oh, she would be great. The person who has the same goals as before, right? The same, the goals didn't change. But if Megan's right. available, they're li liable to pull the trigger on it versus me. And so that's where if I have a 155-pound skinny guy with abs trying to teach my offensive lineman's son how to be strong, that's his pitch. I'm going to go with somebody who maybe fits the bill a little more, right? Right. If you're a, you know – housewife who maybe wants to lose 15, 20 pounds, get back in better shape and just feel a little bit better. A guy like me, who's 300 pounds with traps to his ears is maybe not on your short list of people who you'd like to have train you, whether they understand that I can get you all or 
all the things you want or not. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, but diverse backgrounds, I think really are important because for clients, that's so much face time that they are spending with a personal trainer. So like, you just don't want to have to get over that thing. Like, so I, I just think it's really, so in this case here that we're talking about very specifically is we want to kind of open up when we start to look for personal trainers to hire. It's like, we want to find somebody who has experience in coaching women of ages blank to blank for weight loss, nutrition, coaching, and designing training programs and methodologies very specific to females. Now, that will probably attract, hopefully, some more females, or at least a male who has a lot of specialty in coaching females, um, because that's what you want. That's the demographic he can open up. It's no different than when we were marketing for the MMA gyms here. Sure. Um, same thing. Listen, if all I have is all we have is dude coaches, and most of your members are dudes, it's tough to take pictures of classes and things and attract females. It's just a bunch of meatheads, right? So you make the most of what you have and gradually we start to show that there are females that do. We start to talk about the fact that women enjoy this, the benefits for women, and then you get women in and now it becomes self-sustaining, right? Correct. Comes a self-sustaining system. And so, but those diverse backgrounds matter. You know, it really does. Someone who is a, it's nothing less interesting than a CrossFit specialist coach or a functional fitness specialist who's all great on movement and sizzle, who's never any good at any sports ever trying to teach like off-season sports coaching <laughs> that's it's a big down it's a big downside to a lot of these crossfit gyms but the truth is let's let's agitate some crossfit people today john <laughs> i've i've probably worked directly with more crossfit coaches than most of any of you who are listening if you don't know anything about my background i'm not gonna explain it to you but we've coached taught worked with a lot of them directly over a lot of years not very many of them would i describe as good at sports other than that up until that point in their life. Very rarely, right? Not a lot of yeah. a lot of those ones are division one athletes. Not a lot of one where, you know, high level state athletes, even in high school. For the most part, CrossFit's for failed athletes who weren't good at real sports, who are good at work, who got good at yeah. working. Usually yeah. hobbits as well. So <laughs> hobbits is okay. Hobbits. But, but again, know that that limits your the perceived no matter how much you know, it doesn't matter. It's what do I trust that you know? Okay. It's no different than when the school presents the hospital funded um, weight training specialist to the fall sports meeting or whatever every year at the school. And here's our strength and conditioning specialist that Sanford Hospital has brought in. And it's like a 155 pound man who's 24. And I is like, okay, well, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing to actually teach these kids to be strong when you never even figured it out yourself, dude? Like, fine, coach my D-backs how to do twinkly toe shit. But are you really going to be? And by the way, person absolutely could be. But my initial impression is get the fuck out of here with this stuff. Like my kid's stronger than this guy mm -hmm. already. So that's an issue. And so the diverse backgrounds within the staff that you bring in is important. And make sure you have people that can cover different needs and then market to what they want to do. Right. If everybody has to come in and be a, you know, a, a What's the word? Be a cardio bunny, fit, leggings wearing, sports bra wearing, female thing. Know that you're not going to, maybe we'll get a lot of dudes, but know that the uh, like strength training bias is going to be something that's, you're not going to attract that much. So get a meathead in, see if he can attract some meatheads like that. I'm a-okay with not everybody having to conform with your specific type of fitness. That's the real benefit of private personal training is that you allow a different pathway, a different relationship to be forward, which is this coach, their specialty with your needs.
And I think that you can't gloss over how important that is for growing your business. You want to grow your business? You're just going to do the same thing in the same space with the same people. Good luck. Because you will eventually hit that wall, right? And that's what we've seen, whether we were dealing with gyms that are just working their ass off to get to 10,000 a month to gyms that are making 50,000 a month. It's eventually you hit that wall. If you're not diversifying, right? Those little tweaks, right? It doesn't matter. Everyone will meet that point at some point. And you may never want to do something that's different, but that's where it always comes down to. And it comes back to you of kind of calling people out earlier, where it's like, if you are unhappy with your current situation, if you want it to be more or be better, have more time, more revenue, whatever it is, it's okay, then you're doing something wrong. There is a way to fix it. And then to be able to streamline it so that you are not making those same mistakes. Yeah. And it does, it comes, and, and I really like the idea of looking at like your cost per square foot, like the amount of revenue you're making per square foot in your facility and being able to diagnose those pieces and yep. looking at what are all those things that you have in place that allow you to maximize that square footage. And I don't know, be wanting to be bigger or better. Do you want to serve more people or do you just want to be, like you said, a fucking wizard in a cave that people come to and you can help in yeah, the next 10 years. Here's the thing. None of them people make any money. <laughs> not. None. So and, and the amount of impact that you can make, because this is this is what's real, really real. I'm not even talking shit. Is that it's it's impact for us. It's all about impact. We want to make the largest amount of impact as humanly possible. And I think the 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 boutique fitness studio space is going to continue to grow, um, but I think it's going to very much be. You know, there was a one a thing. I remember Stuart Brower from WTF Gym Talk. Um, one of our competitive organizations, I suppose, but I think he does, like I've said this before, I never shit on a good idea because it isn't mine. Um, one of the things he says is like, it's very tough for a boutique gym to provide a full-time income to one person who like, or to where like you can just not work in it, right? You can't just be hands off and make money. So you either are going to need multiple locations if you're going to do the small little studio thing, mm -hmm. or you're going to need to scale up. And that's what, that's for you to decide on what your product is going to be. But I think that that's, it's important to understand this, that to a certain extent, at this point as the gym owner, do you just have a job? Do you own what you own is a job for yourself? And that's fine. And it may pay you okay. But if you're trying to grow it, know that you have to get past that point and you have to start to, you have to have a system and the impact has to be larger or the value has to be higher. That's all it is. And so does that mean more personal training? Does it mean opening up more time for just simply higher revenue producing per man hour products? Maybe. Does it mean you need a second location? Does you need a bigger location? Does it mean you just need to try a little harder to do some of these things that are worth more money? Implement these systems into your business. That's very likely. And that's where I would start. Because um, I kind of have a feeling that the boutique space thing is it's going to work, but it's always going to stay in that small, small thing to where like, you're not going to have something you can walk away from and just have it produced for you forever. Not very well. That's, that's my concern with that model. That's always my concern with that model. Our first thing when we get into a gym like that is we start to grow it, We grow it, we grow the revenue. And then from there, we decide what we really want, what they really want to do after that. And, and that's for the gym owner to decide, 
right? It's your business. It's your brand. That's what we try to do within the Gear Academy. We don't want to change your shit into our shit. We just want to make your shit work for you, your family, your customers, your bank account. So get in the Gear Academy. We have some other uh, business coaching products that we do as well. You can message us directly at the Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram or me at Tyler F. And Stone. That's Tyler E-F-F-I-N Stone. John, where can they find you? On Instagram at jbanksfl. Get in the Facebook group, Gym Owners Revolution. Links in the description. Also go to gymownersrevolution.com for more info on the Gear Academy. We'll see you all next week.